Hello, Dini. Hi, John. Welcome to another series of Open Pages. Um, I wonder if we could just kick off by asking you a little bit about the Diddy the child when you were younger. What was life like for you as a child? Well, first of all, I wasn't born here. Most people think I was, but I came to England when I was four. Mm -hmm. I was born in Sierra Leone. So I came, yeah, when I was four with my auntie. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I always find that very funny because nowadays everybody has their own passports. I came with my auntie's passport. Right. Yeah. Do you have any memories of being in Sierra Leone? Because obviously you were very I young. don't have any memories of being, you know, mm. I, I don't even have memories of when I came. Mm. But my sister always told me that when I came at the airport, all I wanted to do was go back to Sierra Leone. And I was hiding behind, behind my auntie's oh. dress. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I used to speak like our language, Creole, and mm. all I just kept saying, it's cold, I want to go back home. Yeah, most yeah. of us have that feeling, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sort of thing, but yeah. Yeah. So, childhood, I know it sounds really funny, but I was, I had a very unusual and blessed childhood. When we came to England, we lived in Tooting, mm -hmm. and we lived in this house where there was about 10, probably, other families. An auntie of ours owned this house and people that came to England stayed there mm. once they could get their own money and on their own houses mm. and move on. So we stayed there, not for very long. I think then we moved to Chiswick when I was about eight. Yes, about eight. My mum was very fortunate. She worked for the Serbian Embassy right. in Great Portland Street. Mm -hmm. So we all went to school in Great Portland Street. I went to a school called Old Souls in Great Portland Street, and my brother and my sister, they went to secondary schools around there. Mm. So people used to think that we were quite posh going to schools. In well, I've always <laughs> thought you were quite posh. Yeah. Yeah. So we did that, and mm. lived in Chiswick. I lived in Chiswick until I was 11, and then, unfortunately, my mum died when I was 11. She died of leukaemia, mm. so we moved to, well, my dad had moved to Eisenworth with my brother, and I went to go live with my auntie in Battersea. Mm -hmm. But before I did that, just to say how I've come full circle, I used to go to guides and brownies at Chiswick Methodist Church. Right. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And when yeah. I sort of came back to this circuit and I realised that, I thought, such a small, small world. Indeed. Yes. So, yeah, so I lived with my auntie in Battersea for two years. And then my brother and my dad and my cousin who had lived mm. with us before lived with my dad in Eisenworth and my dad and my auntie fell out so I came back to live with my dad mm -hmm. so I was 13 mm. yeah but all this time I was still coming to the green school right yeah I, kept, I went to the green school for girls yes I used to come on the train never late when I lived with my auntie as soon as I moved to live in Eisenworth I was always late that's because you were too near <laughs> you were too near yeah it's yeah. always a problem yeah so I went yeah. to the Green School for Girls, so, mm. yeah. And I used to go to St. Francis Church in Eisenworth, mm -hmm. and I was confirmed St. Mary's mm -hmm. Church. So very, like, very local Hounslow yeah. girl. Yeah. 18, eight and a half, I had a, my first daughter, my oldest daughter. So things were quite difficult then. Then... Um, my older brother lived in Battersea, not Battersea, lived in Bermondsey, and he said to come and live with him and share right. his place. 
So I went to live in Bermondsey and I stayed there for 12 years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Chris John grew up there. And then Sharice mm. was born in Bermondsey. Mm. But then when Chris John was ready to start secondary school, I wanted to move back home again because to me, West London was mm. home. Mm. So we moved back. She went to the Green School for Girls. We right. moved back, yeah. Mm. And then Sharice went to the Green School for Girls as yeah. well. <laughs> a whole family outing. It, yes, it's a whole indeed. family outing. We all went to the Green School for Girls, yeah. all in Chestnuts. Yeah. So that's like yeah. my life, like sort yeah. of my yeah. time. So, so Dinny, how did you come to be in the Methodist Church? My late sister, who you knew, she was mm. always got, went on about that. <laughs> because we were Church of England, we grew up mm. in the Church of England church. You know, I don't know if you know, in Chiswick, St Nicholas, we went to St Nicholas Church in Chiswick. I've always... Mm. But we've always had Methodists in, in us as well, because my mum went to Methodist school back yeah. home. You know, my first husband, he went to a Methodist church. So I've always mm. been... But it was Church of England I went to in Bermondsey. Mm. When I moved to Hounslow 21 years ago, back again, mm. I was looking for a church... And I won't name any churches, but I tried a few in Felton mm. and Hounslow, and I wasn't yeah. feeling them. And my attitude is I wanted a church where my children would feel comfortable, yeah. and there'll be a Sunday school, and also they'll be felt as if they're welcome. We went to a couple of churches where they didn't feel so welcome. Mm. I walked in here one Sunday, just past me and the girls, and they said, Mum, we like it here. Yeah. It's good. And we stayed. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed you did. Yeah. You're very involved you are. Yeah. Yeah. And and would you say you're now a Methodist through and through? Or is a little <laughs> bit of Church of England still in there, a little hankering? I, I think so. Because so. I'm learning, of course, all the time about Methodism. You know, like learning things and mm. being part of the circuit, being a senior steward. I've, I've picked mm. up... But I would still say Church of England is still behind me a, yeah. a bit, you yeah. know. Well, but we, to me, yeah. believing in God doesn't does it really, you know. There are boundaries. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you followed a whole series of jobs, mm. haven't you, in, in, in career paths? Yeah. Um, you've worked with the homeless. Yeah. You obviously teach yeah. and special needs. Mm. Um, tell us a little bit about those. Well, my careers, yeah. I mean, I first of all started off as a like, youth worker. Right. I used to work in a place called the Salmon Youth Centre mm -hmm. in Bermondsey. And I loved the young people. I love working with young people. Mm. All my life has always been about young people. So I was doing that. When I did my degree, I did think about going into teaching, and I wasn't ready yet. You know, when mm. you sort of think, hmm. So I used to do... Um, agency work for the homeless mm -hmm. project mm. a place called Thames Reach and they offered me a full time job and I thought okay I'll just pop in there I stayed there for 16 years <laughs> that's a long pop <laughs> yes and I liked it, it was really it was really good it gave me lots of skills and inspired me again even though they were older people mm. It was still good working with them, and I still used to do youth work at the side, mm. and I used to sort of talk to the, the men because it was a men's mostly mm. in the hostel about my young people, and it was really nice. It was mm. you could you know had that relationship with them, so I did that. But I've always still wanted to work with children, like in the education setting. Yeah. So I remember 
talking to my manager at Thames Reach, in fact, she was, I applied for a job, in fact, to be like her deputy, and I never got it. And she goes to me, the reason you didn't get it, Dinny, is because, not that you can't do the job, is that you couldn't, you could tell you weren't as passionate, but when you talk about children, you're really passionate. Mm -hmm. uh, so, when the, I don't know if you remember when the learning mentors came into Hounslow. Yes. I applied to be a learning mentor. I remember I spoke to Chris John as a head teacher then, mm. you know, at Green School, and she goes, Dinny, you'd be great, go for it. Mm. So I applied for it. You know, I'm not very good at interviews because I tell a little story. I applied for all of that. I think that the whole, all Hounslow schools advertised, and I think I got shortlisted for all of them. <laughs> and I think I went to about the fifth interview at Chiswick then I got the job. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. try, try, and try again. And yes. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah. don't know if, and the guy, Jimmy, who was that sort of interviewing, he goes to me, Dilly, you know, he goes, you know the job, you know what to do, you know, you know your job description, you yeah. know, like everything, you've got it there. But I just struggled. But once I got it in Chiswick, and that was the best thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So I worked at Chiswick as a learning mentor, and remember, I didn't think I even done a year they could see the potential that mm. about teaching. So they offered me, in those days, what they call the GTP yeah. programme. Yeah, so I did, teacher programme. Yeah. yeah, so I did that. And then after that, they only could fund me for the year. I had to job hunt. My degree's in history, but when I was at Chiswick doing my GTP, I loved RE. And because to make up my hours, I still... RE and geography, mm. but I loved teaching RE. I really, you know, I enjoyed it. So when I started applying for jobs, I applied for both history and RE, but mostly RE. Yeah. So I got my first job at Abbotsfield School for Boys. I was there for ten years. Mm -hmm. So I, that's, I stay longer places. You do. Yeah. 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 I loved working there. I I rose from being RE teacher to being RE coordinator to do PSHE to head of year. It mm. was a yeah, I enjoy. a good place to be. It was. Then yeah. 10 years, when I was coming up to my second, no, it would have been my third round of being ahead of year, I thought, if I'm not going to make a move now, I'm not going to mm. ever. So I applied to Cranford Community College. Mm -hmm. They had a job going for the head of what they called Three Bridges as an alternative provision. Mm. And, and that sounds really boastful. Everything that in the job description I met, I, I can imagine catered for that for the last two years of my time yeah. at Abbotsfield so when I applied for it and I got the job I was so happy it was you know I felt really great yeah, yeah. Great. I felt good so I went there and I worked there for five years yeah. and then my head teacher goes to me well what do you want to do next you know like I said to him well maybe that's something like Senko yeah. Mm. So for, for the benefit of those that don't know, special needs. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Special needs educational coordinator, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. And working with, and that was mm. did the training. You got to do a certificate, which I did, and then my executive head is um in charge of another a primary school. So he goes to me. There's a vacancies going for. Um, first of all, it was maternity cover. Then it was a permanent to do Senko and be the safeguarding lead. Mm. So I applied for it and I got the job. It always amazes me, Dinny, because all the things you used to say about young children not being your forte, <laughs> and now you're working with them. Yeah. I, tell great. me about it. You know. It's great. Uh, yeah. And when people ask me, how do you manage? I said, yeah, I'm still learning with you. <laughs> but they're delightful. 
Yeah, yeah like most times. Yeah. yeah, you catch them before the hormones. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. As we always say, children are children, aren't they? Mm. Parents are parents, needs, yeah. they're the same, so, yeah. yeah. It's good, yeah. it's good. So, Dinny, you're kind of, your vocation of teaching mm. and working with young people yeah. is so clear, and that is so clear in mm. the church as well, with your passion for mm. the, what goes on with our young people here as well. But what about your own faith? Where does the where did where did where in your life did faith become real to you? Do you think? I always say to people, I was brought up as a Christian. My mum and dad made us go to church. Mm. I've got older brothers and sisters, and I always say that poor them that they used to go out on a Saturday night, and on Sunday they had to get up to go to church. Mm. Doesn't matter whatever time. So we were brought up in a Christian mm. family. When mum died. That was quite hard because mm. my next my brother who's five years older than me, he completely lost his faith. Mm. He decided that because there's no God, because if it was a God, my mum was forty four. Why mm. is she dying? I continued going to church. My dad, even though he didn't go to church, but he made me go to church. I mean he believed in God but he didn't go to church. So mm. I carried on going to St Francis. I was, my faith was there. I used to go to church every week. I participated in everything that, to church. I would say my faith was there, but I don't think my faith got, grew onto, I got older. So I've always been a Christian, but when you say a true Christian, I would say in my, my late teens, mm. like sort of my faith that, started to become stronger mm. because I started to see that God's path, what God wanted me to do, mm. you know, and we all make mistakes and I've made some mistakes in my life, but God was always there for me. It was always there and supporting me and leading me the right way. You know, you can make a mistake, and, mm. you know, but you can, if you're led and you change that mistake or make that mistake a better one, then mm. I believe that that was always God's doing. Mm. I thought God was always there for me. Yeah. And so my faith, you know, got stronger. I remember our old minister at Bell Road used to say that about being a mature Christian. Mm. And I use that word a lot now mm. because I think I am a I'm maturing Christian. Mm. I think I'm, my faith is continuing to grow. It's yeah. It's not something that just stops, you know. My, I mentioned my sister quite a lot because she was very part of my life. When she died, I think then I would have lost my faith. I actually, I never made me stronger. Mm. Made me realise that this is God's, you know, that's what God mm. wants. That's God's plans, and it made me strong because I was able to support my family, my nieces. You know, and without my faith, I don't think I would have been able to manage, mm. you know. And I guess, I guess through, through that maturing mm. and that growing, it makes you see God in a different way? Do you think you see God differently now to the God that you knew as a child or a teenager? Definitely, yeah. definitely, yeah. I see God, I mean, when I was growing up, God was part of my life, but it was just like, yeah, they, mm. now every decision I make, everything I do, it's I ask for first of all I ask God. 
I speak to God quite often. I have a good, good, good old chat with God. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and I ask God you know, to guide me and to support me. And, and if things don't go the right way, I mean, I know we're on camera, so I don't want to say too much, but I went through a really bad patch, like sort of personal life, of, you know, and mm. God was there. And mm. God, and I said, well, God, if this is the reason, you know, let it be. And actually, it taught me a lot that, you know, it taught me a lot mm. when I went through, yes, it was hard, but it actually taught me a lot. And mm. I knew that God was teaching, you know, me and he was there and he was, and I know that cliche about God doesn't give you anything that you can't handle, mm. you know, even though I thought sometimes well, the things I was going through, that, mm. well, can I, <laughs> can I cope with this? But I know that God knew I can, could, can mm. and could cope with it. I, li I like the idea that, that God is there with you. Yeah. Not that God is there testing you, because mm. some people talk about God testing yeah. them, and I, I think what you're saying is much more that, that through these trials and the times mm. that you've had, God is there with you. Yeah, all the yeah. time. Yes. Amen. Can, can I ask you? Um, obviously, it, it's it's not that long mm. before you were a source of great worry to us all. Um, a couple of years ago now, nearly, isn't it? Or a year and a half ago, yeah, yeah. Christmas, Christmas Day, I think it was, mm. was it not? The year before last, where yeah. you gave us all a fright. Tell us a bit about that and how that's impacted <laughs> on your life now. Well, today, a year ago, I came out of hospital. Yeah, or a couple of days yeah. before I came out of hospital. Um, <laughs> COVID, I mean, we've all been through such a long, a lot of mm. COVID. You know, I mean... Don't think I was untouchable, but I thought mm, I wouldn't get COVID because our head teacher was very strict when we were at school about. We all wore a mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. wore a mask. We even wore a mask when we were having a meeting mm. on Zoom. Mm. So that's how strict they are. But unfortunately, yeah. I did still get it. And it's only when I came out of which, of course, I wouldn't have known, but when I came out of the coma, I realised how long one I'd been in the coma. So I thought it'd only been a few days, but it'd been more than. Two for two weeks. Mm. Two, I had a lot of discussion with God, you know, in my coma. I don't if people understand when I say I dreamt in my coma, mm. and a lot of my dreams was about making a kind of deal with God that if I got out of this, God, that I was going to. I know I've always devoted my time to God in my life, but I was going to do it completely, utterly. You know, so I said I just kept saying to God, if you let get me back home with my children and my grandchildren, I would give you, I would serve you. Mm. Yeah, and that was my constant. Mm. So when I came out of the coma, I said that, what I, and I carried on saying that. And now I feel, I'm still, I don't feel I do any anymore, but I just feel my way of doing things is very mm. different. You know, mm. I definitely think my maturity as a Christian, again, yeah. has changed and it's grown. You know, mm. I try to do things I've always tried to do things like mm. to please God but I think now I I do it in more in a different way I don't know if it makes sense because I do know I know that God's given me a chance I mean yeah. I should have died I mean yeah <laughs> you were on a bit of a knife edge yeah <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah I should yeah like sort of people said that mm. I mean that really they were surprised that I you know like I lived so because I have lived my attitude is that now I'm alive, mm. I have to serve God and I have to give, give it all, give my best. Fantastic, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Nothing but the best. Yes, nothing, nothing but the best. best. Because yeah. God gave me, God was keeping me, you know, he kept, he, and he gave me, a, he wanted to, gave me a purpose. He wanted me here. He's saying to me, mm. you're staying here. So mm. I've got to give my best. I've got to give my best. When, when we think about Lent, yeah. which is what we're doing, mm -hmm. um, we're thinking this year about walking with Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, and in that walking with Jesus, we don't just do it individually, we mm -hmm. do it as, as a community, as a church here. Um, how do you think the church can walk better, this church could walk better mm -hmm. with Jesus? Oh, it's a hard one because I feel that since coming back from being locked down and everything, we, our church, our church, our church community family was growing before COVID. And it seems to, I mean, I say it's not stopped growing, but it just seems that we haven't got back to normal or normality, if there's such a thing anymore. Whatever it is. Yeah, yeah whatever, whatever it is, yeah. Sort of, yeah. So, how can we, you're saying, how can we walk with Jesus and the, you know, it's getting our congregation back mm. so that so we can all walk together, we can yeah. all t take that journey together. You know, how we do it, <laughs> that's well, a good question. It yeah. is a good question. I don't suppose any of us know the answer to that, no, really, at the moment, know. because we're still too near and we're still in a pandemic. And, yes, and yeah. for many of our folk, they can't come out yet. It would be not be safe for them to do That's so. That's it, yeah. Um, and we're doing, I think, well to keep in touch with everybody and keep living. Exactly, with the online. Yeah. And, we're just and we just have to be praying, isn't it? Is that praying? Yeah. Is that praying? And just trying to look at things yeah. creative and seeing what we can do to get, yeah. you know, because we want to, we want people mm. to be able to feel comfortable. And I think as a church, we do a lot. I mean, when I talk to other churches, and people who go to other churches and what they say, we do a lot to encourage our mm. congregation to come back and we just need to yeah. carry on doing that, you know, and then like, so, so we can all do that, take that journey, yeah. you know, about walking with Jesus, yeah. you know. Yeah. So one last question. You talked about sometimes when your faith has been difficult, mm. um, but, but perhaps what makes you angry what makes you angry with your faith or with God or with just society? What makes you angry? The unjust. Yeah? Yeah, the unjust, the, the unfairness. You know, when you see, I mean, I didn't mention it, but one of the reasons I went into teaching was because I wanted to work with young people, but specifically black young people. Mm. I wanted to be that role model for them to see. Yeah. and. I find the unjust of lots of young black boys specifically mm. who are not, you know, life, the society hasn't treated them fairly, you know. So a lot of that, and it's not just young black, all people who have not been treated. And, mm. you know, we talk about recently with all the prices going up, the fuel, you know, the cost of living, you think mm. there's people that I know where I work, uh, you know, like sort of around where I live, who are struggling. And I just think there's other people who've got so much and just mm. think, you know, mm. it's unfair, it's unjust. And, yeah. you know, you know, and what can we do? We do a lot as a church, as Christians, but society, I think society could do more. 
Yeah, I think society I, could I do think, more. I think you're right, and mm. I think it's perhaps incumbent on us to yeah. to do our best to remind society that they can do more yes. by doing it ourselves. Yes, and by challenging people. Yeah, well. and showing a certain example, yeah. which yeah. I think as a church and as a Christians we do do that. Yeah. Well, well, Dinny, thank you for that. Um, I wish you well on your journey. Thank you. And you're walking with Jesus. And um, we can all walk together Amen. in that route. So thank you very much yeah. for your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.